Retro Hangover, supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Stustle Smash the Milkman, Katie Quig, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Lunchbox, aka The Disgruntled Gamer, Disca Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Parallax Puddles, Soha, Dave Jackson, Matt, aka Stormy Get It. Retro Overdrive, Van Fernal, Keith Gasper, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, Ash Event, Alan Bingham, Storm Beagle, Ryan Player One, Mike the Ref from Backbreaker Gaming, and B Ross from Super Garbage Day. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. It's me, Chris. Welcome to this latest flight where we did it once, but once wasn't good enough. We are doing it a second time. It is your or our top five Super Nintendo games that weren't on our previous top five. So I guess five top, or ten. Top and ten? Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't well, know. No, no. Because it's part five, part two. Mm. But anyway, hi, Shane. Hi. Uh, Shane, uh, the second Dick Dragonkowski. Oh, who's the first? You are. This oh. is part two. Okay, so it's me on the other episode, is what you're saying. Yes. Oh. This is this is your bottom half. It's like the multiverse. Okay. Yeah. We're expanding this is, this is... The, the RHP lore as we speak. So... Yeah, uh, you know, like the three-headed dragon, where you have the two, the two cool ones and the one derpy one. Yeah, this is that episode of, of top fives. The derpy one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, because it's that's not setting the top things five. up for well. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, we, that's good. We already did the top five. Listen, the people five... wanted more. They crave the Super Nintendo, Chris. I don't know what to tell you. They do. They do. I, I was kind of shocked by that because the thing is now, like if I was going to make another SNES top five episode, I I would probably not give the same top five games. I probably would insert one, maybe ship them around a little bit, depending on my attitude, my mood. But mm. now those are locked in and I cannot say any of those five games. That's and true. who do I have to blame for this confusion that I am facing? And I feel bad because there's games I had to throw off because I had to really think about if I really wanted those games in this next top five if that, or betraying my values. It's you, Dave Jackson, from the Tales from the Backlog podcast that you should definitely totally check out and go look at. I blame you. You did it, and then the patrons voted for it. Dave Jackson with his selection for the top five SNES games that were not in our top five. Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Dave. And uh, I suppose we should probably just get right into this thing. So, Chris, so. Uh, would you do us the honor of starting off this list with your uh, number five, part two, Super Nintendo game? Number five. 
So my number five, part two, before uh, I, I get into that, I do want to say this was really hard to do. I had to swap out a game. I had to drop Contra 3. It was going to be on How there, but I had to drop dare Contra you? 3. I know. Uh, also, Castlevania 4 was really close, and, and Castlevania Dracula X, which is kind of a weird pick that a lot of people might think, but I love that game. However, my number five, part two, is a game that didn't come out in North America, which actually is probably going to be a theme on my list because the majority of the games I have here are not did not come out in North America. So I guess technically they're not Super Nintendo games. Anyway, I don't want to digress too much. This game didn't even... Well, it did, but it didn't initially come out on the Super Famicom proper. It came out on an attachment called the Satellaview. And this game is Rockman and Forte, also known as Mega Man and Bass which is a very late release. I think it came out in 1997 or 98 mm. and uses a lot of the same graphical design as Mega Man 8 did. Mega Man 8 was a PlayStation and Saturn game and actually reused some bosses from Mega Man 8. So yes, this is a Super Nintendo game that came out after a PlayStation and Saturn game, which is using assets from that PlayStation and Saturn game. And it's really good. You can play as either Mega Man and ba or Base, and you get the option to play as one. Well, duh, I just said you have the option to play as one or the other. But they both have strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Base can shoot in multiple directions, so you can shoot in, I think, eight directions. Um, of course, you know, mostly just five, you know, up, left, right, and the diagonals. In addition to doing a side dash, I think he has a, a double jump, I think. But he, he plays, like, really well. He's more of a newcomer kind of play style that's also really fresh. Mega Man just plays this traditional Mega Man so he can do the slide and get underneath things where his base can't. It's a really fun game that I, I think more people need to check out. It did come out on the Game Boy Advance, but the screen crunch kind of ruins it. And the other good news is that there is a really good fan translation that has been out for quite some time out on the emulation scene. So if you have the knowledge and know-how to emulate games, and I'm sure that the overwhelming majority of you do, go play some Mega Man and Bass if you like the Blue Bomber and his friends. So, yeah, number 10 is Rockman and Forte. All right, well, my number five uh, is going to be something that's a little bit more recent to me, personally. It's not something that I played back in the day, uh, when I had my Super Nintendo, but I, I've come to appreciate it now, um, largely thanks to this show, actually, because we did an episode on this fairly recently, and that is Soul Blazer. Um, Ooh, nice pick. Yeah, I just, I I was never aware of this game uh, when I was a kid, but it it really is sort of like this distilled essence of dungeon crawling that I I generally like. And I think the combination of you know, the pretty straightforward sort of just dungeon crawl action RPG hacky slashy kind of combat plus the sort of that that really nice gameplay loop of the, the, the good old dopamine hits of destroying the sort of almost gauntlet-esque like monster layers that are scattered throughout the levels that in doing so causes something in one of the towns to reappear, whether it's an, a person or a fucking goat or a talking tulip. Um, but just that like constant progression of like re 
establishing the town as you're clearing out the dungeon is just really cool. And, uh, and I remember saying, I believe on our episode that I, I generally liked this game very much. Um, so shameless plug for that. If you haven't listened to our soul blazer episode, you should go check that out. But, uh, but yeah, it's gonna, I'm going to start off my list with that one because I just, I like me a good straightforward action RPG and, and, and this is it. Yeah. Soul blazer is a really good pick. That's a great game. Number four. All right, I'm going to the well on this one. This one is a a cliche pick. I have two cliche picks on this second list. Mm. This is going to be the first of them. And that game is Final Fantasy VI. Ah, yes. For, yes. I have to say Final Fantasy VI on one of these two lists. This is probably the best Final Fantasy in terms of storytelling. Uh, obviously, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy. I already talked about Final Fantasy IV in my top five, but it's definitely up there. The Super Nintendo was in the golden age of Final Fantasies, in my opinion. They they just kill it in terms of gameplay, in terms of the speed of the gameplay, and the storytelling. And Final Fantasy VI really does deliver on the storytelling. The gameplay is, is I think, it hasn't aged the best, uh, the, the way it's implemented, especially once you learn it. I think it's rather, rather trivial and... I don't know, kind of boring, but overall the game itself is, is still a joy for me to play. And I, I think if you've never played the game or have played it sparingly, this game has, has legs. It's going to be a game that you probably love, especially if you're into the retro aesthetic and you can just put yourself back in the time period of that year. You don't have all the flourishes that you have on modern hardware with a lot of these new Final Fantasy VI inspired RPGs like Chain of Echoes. So Final Fantasy VI is an incredible game for the Super Nintendo. It's an incredible, incredible game, period. And if you have not played that game and you're listening to our podcast where we do a lot of praise for RPGs, hey, you need to get on it. This game's a certified classic. Also, uh, to promote another podcast that I talked about Final Fantasy VI a lot on, go check out the Pixel Project Radio. We have three episodes encompassing eight hours of where we just break down Final Fantasy VI. So make a lot of time in your schedule for that. I had a great time getting into the nitty gritty of that with Rick. So, hey, Final Fantasy VI, my number four, part two. All right. Well, uh, my number four, part two, is one that is more uh, of, a, of a personal one for me. It was something I experienced early on, and that is Star Fox. Um, I can't say that, you know, this game or the series, I should say, has done well over time <laughs> at all. Being generous. Because it hasn't. <laughs> but uh, but man, that that first one, though, that was that was a thing to behold. And actually, the, the reason I point out that I kind of have a personal thing with it is because I remember to this day walking into a Sears with my mom uh, while we were going shopping at the mall and they had a Super Nintendo kiosk set up um, because this was back when the SNES was still like, you know, the, the current gen and they had a demo of Star Fox running. And so I, 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 I'm, I would have asked, but I think it was more like pled with my mom to just be like, can I just like hang here while you, while you're shopping for clothes or whatever it is you're doing. And I'm just, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm just gonna stay here. And I'm gonna play this. And so she let me hang there and I just stood at that kiosk and just played the Star Fox demo while she was shopping. And at, at the time, the 
the 3D representation of the graphics in Star Fox was like nothing short of mind blowing. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's why it's going to take my, my number four, uh, part du uh, on this list because I, uh, I have, uh, some fond memories associated with it. And, and truth be told, the, the OG Star Fox is, is still a pretty solid game. Uh, yeah, I had to ruminate on Star Fox quite a bit because that game is fun. It's, yeah. It, the frame rate gets pretty choppy at times and Slippy and Falco can go fuck themselves, but <laughs> the, the game itself is, is still quite a bit of fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Also, fun bonus fact, I almost put Falco on my top blue characters list, but not, <sighs> Yeah, I so. almost I almost did too. He was a last minute removal for me. Mm-hmm. Last minute, like literally right before we started recording. Number three. My number eight kind of feels mandatory and me putting it on a list. Well, not my number eight. My number three, part two. Yes. Uh, my number three, part two. I feel mandatory in putting it there because I, I couldn't lie to myself. I don't know why I haven't said that this game deserves to be on any of my top lists because I have praised it quite a bit. I do love this game, but for some reason, I don't associate it in my top anything, and I, I don't know why. So I was finally had to ask myself, why have I not put this game on any of my lists? I, I hype it. I love it. I profess how good it is, and I never really talk about it outside of when there's an opportunity to talk about it. So now is that time. And that game is Dragon Quest V, our hmm. runner-up for the King of Games 1992. I felt like it would be blasphemy if on a top whatever Super Nintendo list, if we never got to this game, it just wouldn't make sense because I, I championed this game. I said how good it was. And for not for me not to put on any list, I, and I had to be honest with myself, like, do I really like this game? And the answer is yes. So it's like, Chris, why the fuck aren't you talking about it? It has everything you want. It has great gameplay. It has options with your controlling your monsters. It has generational storytelling. It has a great story. And it, it's just one of those games that lingers with me. So I was like, yeah, let, let me put it here. Let me figure out where I can put this game at. And so I was like, do I like this more than Final Fantasy VI? And I think I do. I think that childhood innocence that that permeates through the game's presentation while still kind of going places that feel very adult, but not like mature and gritty adult. Like just just a very whimsical way of telling something that telling a story that that can kind of reach all generations. A very Disney-like approach to how this game tells it without being overly cutesy or uh what's the word? Uh patronizing. I think Dragon Quest V hits a lot of those notes perfectly. And the gameplay is classic, simple gameplay, something I can always get behind. I love it when RPGs are relatively simple without getting too simple. And I think Dragon Quest V really fills that need for me. In fact, the Dragon Quest series in general does. I I definitely think this is a far superior game to Dragon Quest VI. It's follow-up. It's not even a question. I think on, on the DS, it's very close to Dragon Quest IV, I think it still edges it out, and it's better than the NES version of Dragon Quest IV, in my opinion. But yeah, Dragon Quest is an incredible game, and if you didn't, if you weren't inspired to play it based on what we said in our King of Games series, 
then I'm, I'm telling you now that this is a game that you definitely should check out. No, it did not come out in North America. Yes, you do have to play a translation, a fan translation on a patch on your emulator. That fan translation, by the way, is probably better than what you're going to get on your DS official release uh, that did come out in North America. So definitely do check that out. It is a special, special game. Dragon Quest V is my number three, part two. All right, well, I think we're in a similar vein for our our middle of the list picks here. So my mm-hmm. my uh, my number three part two is is actually uh, again a, a more recent one for me, even though it's been kind of I guess cult classic status for ever at this point. Uh, but that is Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it that man. I I did not know what to expect going into that when I started playing it for our episode on the show, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, it's it's got a lot of the you know trappings of a traditional sort of RPG, but the just off the wall shit that that game does, and in such like a tongue in cheek manner, is just entertaining and and sort of has its own charm i think in a way and just the the approach especially at the time like when that game came out like no other game was quite like earthbound and even to this day there's still very few i think um and it it really is sort of in its own category and uh i just i really enjoyed the experience i mean there's obviously a few places in that game that things got a little frustrating but Overall, I think the experience was a really good one, and I was, as I said, very pleasantly surprised um, more than once, just over and over as I was playing through and just finding new things and laughing at the completely absurd characters that they present in that game, and uh, it's just a really great package. So yeah, and and I, much like what you were saying, I feel like I would be uh, totally remiss if Earthbound didn't show up on, on one of these lists somewhere, so... There you have it. Awesome. Yeah, Earthbound's another good pick. Uh, I don't think it's close to being in my top 10 or, or my top 15 or my top 20. Well, maybe my top 20. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's definitely a good pick. There's there's a lot of benefits to... There's a lot of good things to say about Earthbound. A lot yeah. of good things. It's charming. Number two. My, my number seven is... Uh, fuck. <laughs> My my number two part two mm-hmm. yeah. is is a game I'm probably gonna be very brief with because I we we you talked about this game last episode. Oh uh, when it came to our top fives. And this is another game I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention because this game, no matter how much I want to fight it, no matter how much I'm realizing I probably don't like 2D platformers as much as I used to, this game is probably one of the best 2D platformers of all time and that game is super mario world mm. uh, i don't i don't think there's much more to say about super mario world it's a, a great game it's the premier title for the launch of the super nintendo it's probably the premier super nintendo game this is most people's first super nintendo game i would imagine it's mine if you grew up with the super nintendo anyway and this is really 2d platforming perfection and bliss there's there's really no way around it. This is unquestionably the best 2D Mario that I have ever played. And I still need to play Wonder. I do need to get to that. 
Uh, but even all these more recent efforts that have come out since the the new Super Mario Brothers, new Super Mario Brothers U, uh, the uh, whatever came out on whatever, uh, those those games are fine. They, they are really good. But this game still proves that a, a the Mario series in a 2D aspect just like they, they perfected it a long time ago. And I don't know if they're ever really going to be able to make anything that tops just how well this game was designed. So my my number two part two is Super Mario World with all the love in the world because this is a special, special game. Well, so my number two part two was going to be on my first list, but it got bumped in favor of the choices that I ultimately went with. But I have a lot of experience with this one, and uh, that is NHL 94, baby. Uh, Yeah, man. It's, you know what? At the end of the day, NHL 94 is not necessarily anything like special. It, It doesn't do anything crazy. It's just, it's just a really good hockey game in and and for something that's in 2d it's really fun to play it's easy to pick up it's not weird and fiddly because a lot of sports games especially the further back you go in my opinion anyway from what i've seen tend to be that way where they're kind of awkward and it's like the developers weren't like 100 percent sure on how to implement something that would feel natural for a sports game on, on a video game console and NHL 94 really just nailed it. And, uh, of course this helps that, you know, I was really big into hockey as a kid. I played ice hockey. Um, it's well, to this day, it's the only sport I really truly give a shit about. And so, uh, so it was kind of special to me. I remember bringing my super Nintendo to like travel hockey games when we had to stay somewhere like at a hotel, like over the weekend or something. And, play some NHL 94 with the other kids on my team and and whatnot. So also I figured out uh, that there's a way to basically cheese that game reliably where you can just shoot for a certain corner of the net and the goalie AI just never catches it. So like I'd end up with like games that were like 30 to two or something like that. Um, So, but anyway, uh, NHL 94 was just a really great hockey game um, on the super Nintendo. It was tons of fun and uh, really, like I said, easy to pick up and just uh, have a good time with. I think the most amazing thing about that pick is that if you hear that on any list, it's usually for the Sega Genesis version. So do you put on a Super Nintendo version? It's wild, and I love to hear that. I've, I've never played the Genesis version, so I couldn't compare. Okay, because like that was that was like what moved Genesis. That's why I think your pick is so unique, and I lo- I, that's why I love it. I think that's a fantastic pick. Well, thank you. Number one. My number one part two probably should have been in my top five for as much as I play this game. I am pretty much guaranteed to play this game once a year, every year, and play it differently. And if you're in the Discord, we talk about it. And I've gotten other people to play this game with me every year, once a year, religiously. Thank you to our amazing OG patron, Lyle McCarns, for reinvigorating my love for this game and helping me discover just how much I actually do love this game. And that is Final Fantasy V. I don't know what it is, but Final Fantasy V is one of those games that every single year I love it just that 
much more. This is a game that would have never been near any lists of mine probably until about, I don't know, five, four or five years ago when, when Lyle brought up the Four Job Fiesta. Because when I started getting into the mechanics, when I started learning how to exploit its ins and outs, when I started learning that every single job gives you an advantage once you learn what those jobs can do and how they work with other jobs within its system, it becomes an incredible experience. And I don't I don't know how many Super Nintendo games when I go back to them, save for the top five I talked about last time because I'm contractually obligated to say that. I, I don't know how many of them really make me feel the way Final Fantasy V does on a consistent basis. There's always something new that I find when I play this game. Some little exploit, some little joy, something that just makes me feel like I'm just an absolute dominant monster and genius for just finding a way to manipulate it and take down an enemy that I've had difficulty with in some other configuration. Final Fantasy V is my number one part two, and I kind of regret that it wasn't in my part one. I was think I was more limiting myself and trying to have a more diverse cast of games in that list. But as you see, there's there's quite a bit of RPGs in this list. That's who I am. That's what I, I love. I say, love my RPGs. Just be be your true self, Chris. Have exactly. multiple Final Fantasies on a top five list. Yeah, let's go. And if we go through both five top five lists, that's how many Square games? Uh, uh, now that combined with Square Enix, let's see here. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five. Half of my top 10 list is effectively Square Enix games. Mm. Uh, so, or no, six because ActRaiser. So six of my top 10 are Square Enix games. Yeah, I, I might have an obsession with RPGs, but Final Fantasy V, definitely my number one part two. Easy, easy, easy pick. Nice. Well, my number one was also a pretty easy pick and not anything that's going to be super shocking to anyone. I think this one is probably my 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 gimme pick out of all these, even though I had Star Fox on this list. Uh, and that is Super Mario All-Stars. It's just a really great combination or compilation, I should probably say, of all of the Super Mario 2D games. Um, I mean, if you got the later release of it, it also included Super Mario World. I did not have that because I had... Uh, or have actually the an OG Super Nintendo that was packaged with the standalone cart for Super Mario World. So I got the first run of Super Mario All Stars, which has Super Mario Brothers one two three plus the Lost Levels, which, as I think most of us already know at this point, was the the actual Super Mario Brothers two in Japan, which is Doki Doki Fact fucking hard as balls. Yeah, yeah, Doki Doki Fact. And, um, I, it's, I, I guess it, some people might see this as a little bit of like a, a throwaway pick or something, but it, 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 you have to remember that this came out at a time when like re-releases and remasters and stuff was not nearly as prevalent as it is today. No. No. And so having this like package deal for your Super Nintendo where you get effectively four Super Mario Brothers games in one cart was like fantastic um and you know i know that there are some technical like oddities with the sort of remasters if you will of the original smb games i actually think somebody just brought that up recently in our discord as a matter of fact that there was like i guess nintendo like fucked up the physics of like the 
block breaking or something in Super yeah, Mario Super 1. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers 1, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I honestly never even noticed that playing as a kid, so it didn't really affect me. Uh, and just having those games in like a higher resolution with better graphics and everything was just awesome. So uh, my both my brother and I actually got a lot of playtime out of that cart. Uh, we tended to gravitate more towards... Uh, it's kind of 50-50 Super Mario Brothers 2 and 3. Uh, whenever we did pick it up, we, we honestly didn't play a lot of 1 or the Lost Levels, mostly because Lost Levels was just like weird and strange and difficult to us so we were just like yeah whatever but yeah. i i remember playing a lot of super mario brothers 2 uh on that and and actually now that i'm thinking about it that was the only way i played super mario brothers 2 or 3 because i don't think i owned those games when i had my nes uh back in the day so that was like actually my only experience with both of those now that I'm now that I'm actually thinking about it, but uh, it's also yeah, the better way too. So true, true, and so yeah, it's just it's a lot of value packed into one cartridge, and so that's uh, that's why I wanted to include it and and put it at my number one because we got uh, we got a lot of mileage out of that game. Yeah, Super Super Mario All Stars was another one I really ruminated putting on my list when I got my Super NT my analog super NT. It was mm -hmm. one of the first games I went out and purchased along with super Mario world because yeah. it's the, the, the bang for your buck and the quality that you're getting on top of it cannot be understated It is a fantastic collection and it's, it's super fun. So yeah, fantastic pick Shane. Yeah. They, uh, arguably did a lot better with that one than the super Mario 3d all-stars. That's for sure. <laughs> That's a thing. It's definitely a release. Yep, that that was a thing that I definitely spent money on. But it's fine. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I made my kid spend his allowance money on it. So, oh, there you go. Well, no loss to you. Well, kind no. of. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was already a lost cause for you. How about we put it that way? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I guess with that, that uh, wraps up our top five part two uh, of our picks for Super Nintendo games. So I, I just have this sneaking suspicion that this is going to become a trend with, with the patrons and we're going to end up with a request for a part three and et cetera, et cetera, until we eventually start just running out of ideas. But who knows, uh, if, if the people want it, then we will do it because that's what we're here for. We will, we will dance for you because we are podcast monkeys. But uh, we hope you enjoyed this list. And if for some reason you haven't checked out our first flight on this, by the way, I suggest you go back and take a listen to that one as well. See what we ended up picking for our first go at this top five. And uh, you know what? If you want to share with us your thoughts, like what you would pick, whether you thought our picks are garbage or are really great, uh, you can do that. And probably the best way is going to be to jump into our publicly available Discord. So if you haven't done that yet, I, I don't know what's stopping you. I don't know what you're waiting for. It's 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 just there. It's just for it's it's open for you. You could be there right now if you wanted to, and we make it really simple. All you got to do is head to linktree slash retro hangover. It's L I N K T R dot E E slash retro hangover. 
you can click that little button there that says Discord. And, and you know what? While you're there, you can also check out uh, some of those other neat little buttons, uh, you know, tap and or click, depending on how you're finding your way there. And uh, you can check out things like our Patreon or perhaps the merch store if you'd like to support the show in that fashion. Uh, or you can check out our socials or perhaps our YouTube channel or even our twitch.tv channel as well. And uh, Chris, uh, why don't you let them know at home what it is we attempt to do every week over at Twitch? So if you head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover at Sunday on, on Sunday at 9 p.m., then you can find us streaming a game of sorts. Who knows what we're going to be playing? I mean, we, we could be doing something nasty. Mm. Never know. We could be breaking all of Twitch's terms and services, but they don't care because we don't even have ads there because we're too lazy to do it. So if you don't want ads and see us do questionable things that would probably get us demonetized on most other channels, well, probably not. I'm just hyping this up too much. But the reality is you can see us play games over at twitch.tv slash retro hangover at 9 p.m. on Sundays if you feel so obliged. And yeah, if you missed that, just check us on YouTube because it's a good time and we have great people there. For sure. All right. Well, I guess with all of that now having been said, until next time. Play with your third party part two joysticks. <laughs>